From realghoststoriesonline.com, this is Real Ghost Stories Online, the podcast. It's group therapy for the paranormally affected. The phone number to call in is 855-853-4802 to share your real ghost story with us. We would absolutely love to hear it. Please press that subscribe button. We thank you in advance for doing that, whether it's an iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, TuneIn Radio, wherever it may be. You press subscribe, you get the show sent to you as they come out every single day. And you have to search for us every single time. And, and believe it or not, that uh, subscribe button helps us uh, rank up there in those rankings and uh, helps other people find our show and uh, grow our community. Another quick little housekeeping note, please, if you care about the show, if you like the show and enjoy getting the show every single day sent to you for free, then we ask that you please help support the show, okay? Only five bucks a month is what we ask. You become an EPP when you do that, and we give you a little bit even something extra than, than even just the daily show that you get for absolutely free. We'll give you uh, a bonus episode every single week as well, emailed directly to you, and there's going to be some other extras out there as well for those folks who take it upon themselves to help support the show financially with a $5 a month donation. Uh video stuff, some other exclusives that uh, that we can give you as a thank you, and we really do appreciate you quite a bit. Lots of costs associated with putting out a show like this worldwide, bandwidth and such, uh, so uh, that donation uh, really, really, really does help you. Click on the uh, Become an EPP button on our website at Real Ghost Stories Online. Speaking of audience size, uh, we got our numbers in from uh, last month, from August, and a uh, bit over 300,000 downloads of our show. That's that just blows my mind. So that's pretty good. That's a lot of folks listening to our show all around the world. And when you consider each show being uh, roughly 50 to 60 megabytes in size, uh, that's a lot of bandwidth. Uh, so that's uh, that's another reason why we ask for this support, because it, it, it helps to, uh, uh, us to afford to be able to do this show for you. Without that support, we really couldn't carry on with the show. So thank you so much if you're already an EPP, and thank you so much for listening um, and, and watching the show grow the way it is. I'm really uh, eager to, to share what our month stats are going to be for, for this month, the month of September, because it's growing uh, exponentially uh, every single month with great stories uh, all uh, coming in from you guys. Uh, on today's show, we got some insight from some folks uh, onto the topic of uh, therapists and how do they handle someone who is legitimately experiencing paranormal activity. We talked about that before, and we asked if some folks in the field could call in and give us some insight. We got some folks in the field who called in and gave us some insight. Good. So Good. we will hear those pieces of insight. And we're going to read some more stories as well. We got a lot of them to read, and we're hearing you loud and clear some folks saying, can you read some more stories? Yes, we will get back to reading some more stories and trying to find a balance here on the show of callers and written in stories being a show that is really kind of constantly evolving and a show me when you consider uh the length of time we've been doing it several months but uh still you know trying to 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 get our footing as uh, we're growing at the level that we are with the amount of stories that come into us uh and, and trying to figure out that balance uh we're we're going to do that. We're going to to try and, and make it as much half and half as we can between the callers uh, into the show that we play back uh, and the stories. And and that's not meaning we're uh, we're censoring the calls or anything of that nature or the emails. Uh, we're just going to try and, and 
take from each pot a little more equally uh, on on the episodes. So I think that's good. I like hearing you read them. Yeah. So I had a lot of folks say we enjoy uh, going to bed and having nightmares listening to you read the stories, Tony. So please do more of that. Literally, I've had people say they enjoy having <laughs> nightmares uh, listening to me. So. You are heard loud and clear, and uh, we will we will do more of that uh, on the show uh, going forward. So we do appreciate you writing in with your feedback onto the show uh, on the, the many places you can do. One of the other places you can do that now on our website, we have that forum, and that's getting pretty hot. Lots of folks on there uh, expressing their opinions, their views, their stories, their ideas on the topic, and you can do it completely anonymously. You don't need to log in through Facebook or anything. Uh, you can give your name if you want or like i said you can you know say your name is charlie brown that's completely up to you um and and weigh in or or ask other people to weigh in on something that may be going on in your world it's a great way to do it uh with a community of like-minded folks that we have here uh at real ghost stories online where you're not going to get judged and and i do try and get on there so far everybody's been really good well behaved that was going to be my question yeah. was everybody behaving and playing nice uh if they're not i will remove them um, okay. so that's, that's, you know, and, and our community for the most part, very well behaved. But if we have anybody who's in there attacking people or, you know, uh, that will just very quickly be dismissed. Now, feel free to disagree. I don't want to, you know, curb that. If you disagree with someone or you, uh, you have a different opinion, just express it in a respectful manner and it will be taken that way. Cause obviously most of what we discuss here on the show is really a matter of opinion. That's so. Fair. So it's fine to have a different opinion. I'm not discouraging that. Just don't attack someone or call them an idiot or whatever you, you know, insert derogatory name here. Or what my mom always said, say what you mean, but don't say it mean. Yeah, I mean, that's fine. Um, I mean, if, if you think, I mean, you can completely disagree and have your opinion on, but don't don't take it personal. Anyhow, I feel like I'm a first grade teacher. I don't need to go there because our class, if you will, <laughs> has been very good. So. Anywho, everybody gets gold stars this week. And if they, at the end of the week, a pizza party. That's Yay. right. We're sending pizza to every single person who listens to this. No. Um, Will of the Wisp writes in, uh, I'm a paranormal investigator. I would never buy a pro- paranormal property. This is in uh, uh, reference to the uh, Zach Bagans buying the Conan house in, is it Gary, it Indiana? It is in Gary, yeah. Um, it seems like everybody and their uncle are starting to buy haunted locations to research into. I find this a highly irresponsible way to approach things. If they want to put themselves in harm's way, then that's fine. But do not, uh, but not only are they uh, torturing the dead, uh, but they leave a legacy uh, of that that in ha- a hornet's nest uh, that they just shook up when they buy the properties i'm all for research and for helping but this is stirring the pot in the name of science especially if the investigators believe in the spiritual realm is just flat out wrong perhaps he isn't of the intent uh, perhaps this isn't the intent of the man hopefully he does just want to help i hope so for everyone's sake no one needs another paranormal zoo I agree. Yeah. I like what he has to say. I The only thing that I did kind of like about Zach Bagans buying that property was that it wasn't going to fall into the hands of another family. Yeah. But um, that was the only thing that I could think of that was a positive. But I completely agree with this. This one has to say here. Yeah. I mean, it's not a uh, it's not an amusement park. It's, no. And it's not like buying the JC's haunted house and you're going to take it over and run it, you know, for the season. You're buying a property that really has something wrong with it. And 
I mean, I, I, I understand the aspect of, you know, science and research, but is there really a shortage of that you needed to buy the property to do your research in? Right. You know, I don't know. This is no. uh, 855-853-4802, 855-853-4802. If you can't tell, it's allergy season and uh, I'm feeling lovely this evening. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm going to issue, uh, I'm going to do kind of like the... Uh, the, the ice bucket challenge. I'm going to do the neti pot challenge for folks because a lot of people are afraid of that. I myself was afraid of the neti pot for a while. And I'm going to do a video of me doing the neti pot. And then I'm going to challenge people to do the neti pot as well. Don't for video fun. yourself doing that. That is not <laughs> at all becoming to watch. Okay? For Allergy Awareness Month. <laughs> it's awful. I don't even watch you do that. I you leave know, the room. I uh, If people are not familiar with the neti pot, that's that thing where it kind of looks like a genie lamp and you put the water in it and the saline solution and essentially you tilt your head and you dump it in your nose and it comes out the other nostril and it cleans out your, your sinuses. Actually, it does a pretty good job. And I just started doing this last year. I was scared to death of this concept. I'd seen it. I'd seen a YouTube video on it a long time ago. Because somebody told me about it, and I thought it sounded like a crazy idea. I'd never heard of it. Saw the video, and it's like, oh my God, there's no way I could ever do that. Last year, allergy season got bad for me, and I thought, I'm going to try it. This medicine's not working very well. I'm just going to suck it up and do it. And I did it, and I loved it. Um, Not the experience. I mean, it's not the most pleasant of experiences. But it does kind of clear out your, your sinuses a little bit. It's controlled waterboarding. It is kind of controlled waterboarding. It really... Well, it, you can breathe out of your mouth. Yeah, but I don't think I would be able to maintain the composure to breathe out my mouth when I've got water being poured up my nose. It's got to be calm. I'm not good with calm. Calm and collective. <laughs> I'm not good with either of those. So anyway, I'll be putting that video up very soon of me uh, doing the neti pot challenge. And I'm kidding. No. I'm not going to do that. I did threaten your mom with that earlier today, saying I was going to do that. I'm like, I sent you a slow motion video of this. Um... <laughs> You've been picking at my mom since she gave you the glass clown. Have I? Yeah, you two have kind of been playing back and forth. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, she did give me that. was a freaky clown. Yeah. It it's a 25 very... cent glass clown from a flea market. It's probably haunted. Yeah. We didn't bring it over to her today. We should have done that. Uh, another person writes in, yes, offering food to the dead or gods is a very common thing in many Asian cultures. In the Chinese culture, people would burn fake money. Uh Cars, houses made out of paper, etc., as an offering to the dead relatives, hoping that they would receive those items in heaven. In Bali, Indonesia, uh, you would uh, see so many offerings placed everywhere you go, even on the streets and benches there. It's so hard to not step on them while walking around, but definitely nobody would expect to see them uh, getting consumed or eaten by the dead. Okay. There you go. Well, I, I would be really disappointed if I were dead and I got like counterfeit money sent to me in heaven. Yeah. On the other side. You know, if if you're you're burning fake money uh, in the cars, that's interesting. What is that? I mean, I, I'm not I'm, I'm not really quite following it. Is it like a picture of a car, a car or a house or is it a paper? It's a they said it was a paper car or a paper okay. house and they burn it so that that is an offering to them that they'll get those items. Okay. In the afterlife, do you, I don't know, do you get these items already? I mean, I don't think, my assumption is you don't need cars. Yeah. But I suppose it just kind of varies from culture to culture, or money for that matter. I've never thought about it much. I don't know. The money thing is kind of weird. And, and I mean, the I don't know. I mean, I guess, 
I, maybe it just kind of de- it probably depends on the belief system. What does that have to do with like reincarnation belief of the next life you'll have these things and we're off? For, I don't know. I I'm don't, asking. I'm not. I'm not insulting. I'm asking. Yeah. Because I, I, I don't get the the logic. I just don't understand it. I don't know either. But um, if anyone would like to weigh in further on this topic, um, that'd be interesting. We could learn something. 855-853-4802. 855-853-4802 is the phone number to call in uh, with your story to Real Ghost Stories Online. Got an interesting letter from someone in the French Quarter who listens to us and an interesting picture. We'll uh, we'll talk about that in just a few minutes here at Real Ghost Stories Online and tell you where you can see this uh, picture from the French Quarter as okay. well. It's one like you've never seen before. I will say that. Really? And you won't be freaked out. Okay. I promise you will not be freaked out. Um, we'll do that in just a few minutes. And read some of your letters here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Let's go to one of those calls. Hello. Hi, Tony and Jenny. This is Jenna calling from Ohio. I uh, just wanted to say I love your show. I've been listening to it for probably about uh, a month and a half now. Every day at work, I enjoy it in the morning. Um, I just want to call in about a thing that happened my sophomore year of college. I was living in a sorority house and the house was well over a hundred years old. It was formerly a doctor's office that was turned into a sorority house. So I'll give you kind of the layout of the front or the first floor. So the first floor, right when you walked in, there was a formal living room to the left and then to your right would have been the dining room with French doors that separated the the dining room from the formal room. So if you turn left into the formal room and look straight ahead, there were French doors separating the formal room from the living room. Well, my roommate and I were sitting in the formal room one night studying for, it was probably finals or something, but um, I can't remember exactly. Anyway, um, the house was said to be haunted. So... We, um, we'd heard stories, you know, talked to um, our cook and the cleaning lady, and, she, you know, they had said that, oh, yeah, there'd been a sister, formerly an Alpha Z Delta, who had passed away from cancer and who had roamed, you know, roamed the sorority house. So, anyway, um, we're sitting in the, or the formal room one night and all of a sudden the French door is connecting from the living room to the formal room opened and two seconds later the French doors from the formal room to the dining room opened as if someone had just walked in from one room to the other. Mind you, this is the dead of winter. There were absolutely no doors open. No one came through the doors afterwards and it was very, very creepy. Um, there were a few other instances that um, we had, but I will call back at a later time. Love the show. Keep up the good work, and thanks for letting me share my story. Thanks for calling in. I don't know what would cause two separate sets of French doors to open and close without a draft. I'm going to say a ghost. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go with a ghost. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. logically, sure. I can't think of anything else that would do that. Yeah. That seems probably what that is. I mean, it's one of those things where, I mean, it would take one heck of a draft. I do have to say this, though, when I was thinking about it, a sorority house during finals would be kind of a hotbed for, 
you know, tension and emotion and nervous energy, nervous energy with younger, you know, females, you know, we, we've talked about poltergeist activity. Mm-hmm. So I could see that being something that plays into. Yeah, that does make a lot of logical sense. You know, when you're talking about those sort of things and what, uh, you know, historically people have said to be, you know, a likely host for, uh, for paranormal activity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that does make a lot of sense. Uh, in New Orleans, somebody sent us this picture and uh, says, love the show. This is uh, in the French Court in New Orleans, uh, which I'm proud to call home. Uh, as you'd imagine, 20 years living here. I have some good stories. We'll call in soon. Keep up the excellent work. Regards from the city below the sea. Here's a picture. And I just posted it to our gallery section at realghoststoriesonline.com. Are you noticing <laughs> the fun part of that picture? I like that. Yes. It is a picture where it, you can tell it's like in the French Quarter area. It's because of the architecture and buildings. And there's, you know, the signs and stuff that hang down. And one of them says an apartment for rent. Now, there's no other part of the country where you would need to add this addendum to the apartment for rent sign. The addendum hanging from where it says apartment says not haunted. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like a, you know, like where you would have pool or... HBO, something. color TV. Yeah, it, yeah, it's a formally printed sign. Not haunted. Yeah. That is interesting. I wonder if that would attract or 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 detract from people wanting to live there. It's probably a rarity to have a not haunted uh, apartment up for rent in that area. I wonder town. how much more that kicks up your rent. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I could see it going either way, but I really don't know what way. <laughs> I, I could see you're going to pay a little bit more for a not haunted apartment, but how yeah. do you... You know, how how do you say, oh, it's for sure not haunted? I'm almost thinking if you're going to live in that area, you almost want it to be haunted. You know? Think so? Although, although I mean, that's probably not the case with everybody. If you're just seeking it out to live there, to live there, uh-huh. for no real, like if you're not employed there, like, but there's probably a lot of folks, you know, who want to live in that area for the sake of employment in the area, so it's quickly a nice walk to work, you know? Mm-hmm. And probably having, you know, paranormal activity in your house on a daily basis is not necessarily something you want. I think it would stress me out. I think I'd probably opt for the not haunted apartment. Sure. Yeah. Well, there you go. At least they they note that now. I wonder how common that is. I don't know. I really, I really, that's like an amenity. And it's not haunted. I think it's a good marketing tactic. It is. It's great. Thank you for, uh, for sharing that with us. Uh, you can see the picture for yourself. It's up in our gallery section on the website at Real Ghost Stories Online. It's a great photo. Lainey has written in. She says, uh, I find it interesting that you think something may be attached to me. And I think Lainey has uh, written it in the past. Uh, this isn't really a ghost story, but maybe an explanation that could possibly why I could be a target. I have a very large family on my mom's side of the family. My grandmother had eight brothers and sisters, and my grandpa also had eight brothers and sisters. On my grandma's side, they're part Native American. They all have dark skin except for three of them and are all quite spiritual, though none of them like to talk about paranormal much. One night after... Uh, taking my grandma in or uh, talking my grandma into telling me more, she told me something I couldn't believe. She told me many years ago 
the woman on her side, the women on her side were considered healers. Apparently, we all have some kind of gift for the supernatural. My mom has always mentioned that she thinks I have somewhat of a sixth sense. When I was very young, living in my old house, my mother had gone to a psychic who told her I could see and sense spirits. She told her I had many guardian angels or spirits that watch over me and explained that's why I always felt scared in the basement or felt like I was crowded on the stairs. Her mom found this a bit creepy as she never mentioned she had a daughter. I wasn't told this story until many years later. I still find it kind of creepy. I'd love to tell you about the small town my grandmother lives in, located uh, almost on the border of Wisconsin and the UP, around the Marinette area. It's an extremely old town with a lot of history. I have many experiences in this creepy little town. I've been to Marinette many a times. You have? Yeah, it's a nice little town. It's, it is a creepy little town, though. I mean, it's old. Uh, lots of brick buildings. I, I don't I I feel it kind of homely because that's where I'm from, so I don't really feel really creepy there. Um uh, it's a it's a nice Wisconsin, Michigan type town. So when you say old, like are we talking how old? Probably mid eighteen hundreds. Mid eighteen hundreds, okay. Yeah, probably right around there. Um and uh there's a, I think there's a cheese shop there that I've been to a couple of times. You know where all the cheese shops I do. are. I really do. Um it's one of those places you'll go through if you're uh, on the drive up to uh trying to get to uh like the Mackinac Island area if you're going up through the the Green Bay okay. route of Wisconsin. Um, in that area, another hotbed of paranormal stuff. But I can imagine there's a lot of stuff in that area. Okay. I once had one of the scariest drives of my life. I've had two scary drives of my life, actually, on that same path. Uh, going from essentially Marinette um, and then all the way up until the uh, the, the Mackinac area where the the upper peninsula and the lower peninsula of michigan uh reach uh one of them was driving to uh the petoskey traverse city area through the up and it was in the fall and it was scary not because of ghosts but because of deer and i swear to god now number one this is all just a two-lane road for about a good 150 miles through the woods Mm -hmm. and there's little towns here and there and cottages and you do run across humans, but you also run across more deer than people sometimes. And I remember that drive. It was literally uh, maybe every one-fourth of a mile, there was another deer standing on the side of the road for 150 miles. Uh, so you're just sitting there hoping one does not jump out at you. So you were driving never in fall, so, so it must have been rut, I'm guessing. I it must have, I've never seen so many in my life. Wow. I, I mean, it was like it was almost comical how many deer were. I mean, it was like are you how is this even possible? Are you sure they were real and they weren't ghost deer? <laughs> yeah. I, I I think someone was honestly watching over me that I didn't hit one. Yeah. Because the odds were certainly there. There was probably better odds of me hitting one than not hitting one wow. on that whole drive. Uh and I'm used to seeing deer. Yeah. I'd never seen anything like that. It was comical, the amount of deer that you were seeing. Uh, the other time I was driving back uh, the opposite direction on that same route in the midst of winter through a blizzard with a Taurus. Oh, wow. Trying to get to my uncle's funeral. Oh. And uh, I there was many, there's many hills, beautiful area, but many a hills. And when you're going through a unpopulated area and snow plows are not necessarily hitting the area. I don't know how my tourists did not end up in a 
end up in the the ditch because there was plenty of areas where I didn't know where the road was. I was just kind of going by where trees are located and where there's an opening. Um, but, uh, I was young and kind of stupid and thought I'll handle this, and I made what would be an eight-hour drive about a twenty-hour drive. I'm glad you didn't end up like one of those made-for-TV movies. I would have been the Dookie Hauser movie. Yeah. That's the whole thing I was thinking of the entire time. I remember the Dookie Hauser made-for-TV movie where he has they, they break down and he goes and walks and the parents kind of lose a bunch of toes by the end of the movie, but they all survive. Yeah. But uh, that's what I, that was going through my mind the whole time. Uh, but I made it. Made it to my uncle's funeral. And uh, yeah, that was that was horrible. <laughs> I'm sure that was I think one of the single most that's interesting I just noticed that it was on that same stretch of road to the most the two most stressful times of driving in my life totally different reasons but on that same stretch of road there you go and I survived yes and again I think something was watching over me on that other drive because uh, it was ridiculously bad uh, 855-853-4802 with your real ghost story. Jim writes in, hey, Tony, my name's Jim. Love the show. You and your wife both do an excellent job. Got a question. I recently finished listening to the installment uh, titled Zombie Ghost Clown. Very well done and a great story. What is the background music you were playing in the background for that particular story? It had bells tolling in it. I'd very much like to know. And I want to address that because we get a lot of calls asking about our music. Now, either this is kind of a contentious subject because some folks love the music and they want to know titles of the songs and Uh some folks hate it and they want like all of it removed. So I try to keep it kind of low so it doesn't overpower things Uh because I know in, in some earlier episodes it was a bit loud. So we try to keep it low and so it's not really intruding. Um, but I think it helps kind of set a mood the same way a movie has music in it that kind of sets a mood when it's under control. Yeah. So we're going to try and just kind of keep it under control. So that's, that's my answer to the music existing. So that's why we don't have any music today? No, we have music. We just had music like two seconds ago. Oh, we did? Yeah. See? You didn't even know because it just gets so so ingrained in your mind you don't even hear it after a while. Um, but uh, to answer your question about the track itself... Uh, these are just stock music cuts that we have. Uh, I have from my production company. Uh, it's just stuff we use. Uh, there's really no titles to them. Uh, it, it's nothing you can go buy at a store or online or anything like that. It's it's just it's stock music. So I wish I had, could tell you, but I there's no title to these things. It's just it is what it is. Um, but I wanted to answer that because a lot of people who have asked about the where they could find our music, and uh, the answer is. On our show. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> that's where it resides because it's just a stock music library. So within the walls of a production company uh, or on our show. Sorry, but that's that's the answer. Alex writes in, as a young child, my family would visit Mexico. On one of these trips, we were visiting my grandma. I was about nine years old. My little sister, who at the time was five years old, was out in the backyard where she had found a toy troll. This troll was about a foot tall, made out of plastic. Being the bully I was with her, I walked up to her and snatched it from her hands. I began punching the toy and making all the sound effects a nine-year-old boy would make. I punched and punched, and when I noticed how the troll tossed his head back, blood began to come out of his mouth, nose, and eyes. The troll let out a wicked laugh, and with that I threw the toy, and both my sister and I ran inside. Of course, no adult believed us, and we did not 
go back to uh, the backyard anytime soon. Both my sister and I stand by our story, and we don't care if people laugh at us when we tell it. We know which sounds ridiculous, but it did happen. Great show. I wish uh, I had more, but uh, that's the only thing that has ever happened to me. Okay, you come from the land of where people believe in trolls a lot. You don't believe in trolls up okay. there. Okay, well, there's like... Um, it's, it's it's a heritage thing. Okay. I, I, like, I, I don't think, you know, most of us Norwegians uh, really legitimately think they're hanging out underneath bridges, but... But there's a, there's some kind of link there. It's in the lore. Yeah, I mean it's it's in the, it's a part of the culture. So I was going to ask what your thoughts were on trolls. I they're a mythological thing. I don't think they actually exist. Um, what I think was happening there to that person really had nothing to do with a troll. I think it was more so uh, either something was actually physically manifesting itself on that troll to that boy, uh, or. Uh, you know how some people, it seems, can see things and others cannot? Uh-huh. Um, maybe to some other folks, they would not have seen that, but they are sensitive and there was something that was trying to get at them. Essentially the same as physically manifesting, but just manifesting only to them. Uh, maybe that was being projected onto that troll doll okay. by something dark, uh, trying to essentially get attention of the children so it would, you know, They'd investigate further. Okay. Go, wow, this is what is this? You know, and be more intrigued. I could see that being the case, but probably nothing good was. Yeah, that's not like Uncle Bernie playing with ghost blood. You know, sure. I think that was something pretty dark going on. In that case. I am glad to hear though that he didn't have anything else. Like, I'm glad it ended there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it probably would have made for a great story had he done more, but uh, probably not so much a great life. Right. You know, he would have, <laughs> hey, glad I can tell the story. I've been haunted by this for the last 20 years. Uh, thank you for writing in. We really do appreciate that. You can always write into us on our website, realghoststoriesonline.com. That's where you do that. Or you can always uh, call it 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 855-853-4802 is the phone number to call in. On our last EPP episode, if you want to get access to that, you can just go to our website, realghoststoriesonline.com. Click Become an EPP. You get that bonus episode every single week. Uh, We heard the uh, story of an imaginary friend who tormented a little girl. And this is one of those where the imaginary friend didn't actually uh, end up being so nice like yours. It just went off to move to Oklahoma. Yeah. To play with other kids. This one tried to get her to kill her pets. Uh, and at one point actually uh, lifted some of the pets physically up and around uh, her room. Disturbing story. If you want it, uh, we will send it to you when you become an EPP. Five bucks a month is what that is, and you get a bonus episode, an eighth episode every single week, absolutely free. Or not absolutely, it's for your donation, uh, but uh, you get the regular seven shows free every single day. That's what we do. The uh, EPP helps support the show, and we uh, ask you, or we we thank you for that because uh, it helps support the show, and we give you an extra episode for doing that. So if you want that full story, uh, please do uh, become an EPP through the website at Real Ghost Story. Online.com. Uh, let's go to a caller here at Real Ghost Stories Online and uh, hear another creepy ghost story from 855-853-4802. Hello. Hi, Tony and Jenny. Huge fans. Um, I was the one who wrote in uh, recommending the book um, 
demons of Brownsville Road and also had the theory of children not being able to be ghosts. Still sticking by that theory whether you agree or not. <laughs> um, anyway, I told you I would call in and tell you my, um, my mother's story, um, one of them. Um, so anyway, back when my mother was a teenager, she lived with her mom and her, her grandmother. And um, her grandmother also had a child that was her age. So she had uh, her own children. She had three children and then later on in life had a whole other set of children. So they happened to be the same age. So my mom and my aunt were around the same age. And they all lived in a house on 6th Street in Covington, Kentucky, which is just south of Cincinnati, Ohio, just across the river. And they lived in what was called a shotgun house. Um, so if you aren't familiar with that means, um, it's essentially a narrow house. Um, there's no hallways. There's just room after room after room. And if you stand in the front of the house and you open all the doors throughout the house, you could literally take a shotgun and shoot through the house and shoot out the back door. Um, so I don't know if that makes sense. But anyway, they rented um, the, the uh, third floor of this house, and there were other renters below. Um, and I will explain at the end kind of the story um, about who was haunting the house, um, and it will make more sense, but I thought I would tell you it this way. Uh, so when they lived on the third floor, the lady who lived downstairs from them accused um, my mom and her aunt um, of staying home from school and roller skating um, during the day. And after some investigation, my great-grandmother and grandmother felt, you know, realized that's not true, that there was nobody home during the day. And they just kind of felt this lady was crazy. Um, and eventually that lady moved out, and they moved into that second-floor apartment. Um, and uh, they heard it, too. Um, and while they were living there, um, several very strange things happened. They would just be sitting there, and they would, you know, hear roller skates, like right in front of them roller skates on the floor, but there would be nobody there, and quite strange. Um, my mother's boyfriend at the time, who later became her husband, um, did not believe that they were actually hearing these things and kind of thought they were just crazy, and one day he was sitting in the, at the kitchen table with my mom, and there was some space in between them, and they heard very distinctly and loudly right between them uh, roller skates go across the floor and he looked at her and she looked at him kind of like see tell me you didn't see that and he just the color drained from his face and he refused to say anything about it um and one night um my mother was uh, my grandmother um often spoke of in the middle of the night hearing the doors opening and closing and if you, you know, if you started at the front of the house and you walked, wanted to walk to the back of the house and all the doors were closed, um, they would, you know, you open one door, walk through, shut that door, keep going. And they would often keep the, the rooms compartmentalized and closed off like that to keep, um, like the air circulating or the air cool air in. Um, and they would, all, they all started out sleeping in different rooms and all ended up 
getting scared and all ended up sleeping in the same room. But one night my grandmother was awake and she heard that first door open. She heard roller skate sound go through. She heard the second door open and shut. And then the door to the room she was in opened and no one was there. And then it shut. One night my mom woke up and heard the same thing. She heard a door in the front of the house open and shut. She heard the door, the next door open and shut. Um, and then finally she saw the door to the room she was staying in open and shut and heard the roller skate noise and then saw the covers lifted off of her legs and felt something pulling her leg out from underneath the covers. Um, she was actually sleeping in bed with her aunt um, and she was so scared she couldn't move or breathe or do anything. All she could do was just pinch her aunt laying next to her, trying to get her to wake up. And eventually, after a few minutes, she just started screaming and woke the whole house up. Um, there was a lot of situations like that that would happen, but the story was, um, who this was, was a man who had worked on the railroad and had um, been in an accident and lost his legs. And being poor, he could not afford a wheelchair, nor could he get the wheelchair up and down um, the steps to this house. So he had fashioned um, like a wooden scooter, and he took the wheels off of some roller skates and put it on the bottom of those and kind of made it a makeshift thing to scoot around on. And so all those times they were hearing um, the roller skate noise, supposedly what they were hearing was this man scooting himself along the floor, and he had died. Um, so that's pretty scary. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was definitely a, a story that scared me quite a bit as a child. Um, and my aunt and my mom have, have actually drove by that house many times and kind of dared each other to go knock on the door and see if they could still hear it. But anyway, enjoy your guys' show. I hope my story made sense and um, look forward to hearing more. Thanks. Bye. Thank you for your call. I think that's interesting because at first I thought, why why would they be hearing roller skates? What's up with the roller skating ghost? But that kind of, I mean, that of course makes sense. Is the infamous car hop tragedy of 1938. Oh, yeah, that's exactly what it was. <laughs> Where the rip beer stand blew up. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, but I mean, that makes total sense. I mean, that's really interesting that they, they were able to do some research into that and discover that there, in fact, was a resident there that did have the roller skate you know thing that he rigged up right and i mean that almost really defines okay yeah that's what we're hearing because it's not just footsteps you know it's not just I wonder what those footsteps are must be the former owner you know no this person was on roller skates for this specific reason and now we're still hearing him rolling around yeah that's cool i think that is pretty neat. and creepy and very uh very definitive for a ghost story. Yeah. Because there's a lot of what ifs and who is that and what are they. I think you can still make the what are they argument, mm-hmm. you know, of, well, okay, was this really the man or was this something trying to get the curiosity of these folks knowing that uh, that would be a very curious form to take? Or was it residual? Or residual. Leftover. Yeah, there's a lot of angles to that one. Yeah. So there's more questions than answers. But the fact that it does line up with a piece of history 
Beyond Footsteps is pretty good. Yeah, it's so. a good story. Yeah. 855-853-4802 with your real ghost stories. Anna writes in, I was about seven months pregnant with horrible allergies. Uh, it was late and both my husband and I lay in bed. I couldn't sleep. He has this fan that is super loud and my allergies were acting up. So I got up and went to the couch and propped myself up against the armrest and sat there till I fell asleep. It was about 2 or 3 a.m. when I woke up. I looked towards the dining room and saw this figure, a dark figure. I could not make out the features, but it was a human shape. I could make out an arm holding something in a white cylinder shape. I thought it was a glass of milk. All the lights were off and it was so dark. I thought I was just seeing things, so I rubbed my eyes, squinted and looked again, and there it still stood. No movement. It was so still. I immediately thought it was my husband trying to scare me, or coming back to tell me to go to bed, but he didn't say a word, so I said, Alex, I can see you. No response back from him, so I said, you're not going to scare me. I closed my eyes for a couple of seconds, opened them again, and he was still in the same spot. I propped myself up on my elbow. I said, are you going to watch me sleep all night? As soon as I finished saying that, it started to vanish. My hugely pregnant self got up as fast as I could and took off to the bedroom. My husband lay fast asleep. I locked the door and got in bed. Never, ever did I sleep in the living room again. And I always now leave the lights on in the hallway. Shadow man? I don't know. It was about four years ago. Back then, I didn't even know about Shadow Men. I can't wait to share more stories. Love your show. I think it's interesting that it was holding something. Yeah, I wonder, I mean, if we could ever determine what that was. Interesting thing, it was a glass of milk, you know? Yeah. that That is very interesting. But uh, thank you for writing in, and thank you for uh, for sharing that story. That's uh, that that was really interesting. Another story we got here: Why do we dream certain things? Are our dreams just reflections of the past day or week? I don't know. But when I was in my teens, I had several dreams that kind of announced to me something horrible was about to happen. Now that I think about it, it reminds me of the TV show Medium, which I am not. I'm 31 now, but these dreams began when I was about 14 years old. I started writing them down in a journal when I took notice. This journal is now in storage and can't wait to bring it out so I can share. One of my first dreams ever, not a ghost related, but those will come soon. In a dream, all my siblings are in a car driving down a lonely highway. My eldest brother is driving. He pulls over and says in a worried voice, something is wrong. Everyone get out now. Get out. Whatever you do, do not look back. We all get out and begin to walk. When I woke up from the dream, I went to the kitchen for a glass of water. As I walk into the kitchen, my eldest brother also walks into the kitchen from outside, and he says, I was just in a car accident. I didn't even tell him about my dream. I didn't put it together until I began having more strange dreams. That's interesting. I've never had a dream um, kind of give me, I guess, a heads up, for lack of a better term. Yeah. Coincidence or is it connected? I don't know. I don't know. I, you know, I could see if you're really, really close with somebody and they're going through something traumatic that you feel that too. That's kind of part of the, you know, part of being an an empath. You know, I don't know that you would necessarily pick up on that in your sleep, though. There's a lot of stories of folks who are, uh, and I don't know if this is the case with these two, but uh, where twins can feel each other's 
pain sometimes, uh-huh. even in like different parts of the world or country. Uh, where one's in a car accident, for example, and suddenly the other person, uh, you know, 400 miles away, suddenly is getting sharp pains in their body. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's been documented, and it's a very interesting phenomenon. But I suppose it could be true of, of other siblings as well, depending on how, I guess, closely or spiritually they are connected. So, yeah, I can uh, see that. Interesting uh, letter. Thank you for, uh, for writing it and sharing your story with us here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Let's go over here to another caller. Give me one sec. At Real Ghost Stories Online. Hi. Let's hear your story. Hi, Tony and Jenny. My name's Amanda. I'm calling from upstate New York. Um, I've actually tried calling before, but it seems like every time I called, my call was cut off for some reason. But... I just wanted to say that I absolutely love the show, and I just wanted to share one story for now. I've had paranormal experiences pretty much my entire life, and um, it's just been something that I've dealt with. Some of it's been good, some of it's been bad. I'll share uh, one of the sweeter ones with you, actually. Um, I had been 15 or 16 at the time. And I was laying on the couch. I was the only one home. My brother was out. My mom was out. And I was just laying on the couch, just getting relaxed. Um, I had turned the TV off, the lights were off. The dog was laying with me, and the cat was in the chair directly across the room. So I could see her. I knew she wasn't running through the house. And um, about a few minutes after I was just laying there in the dark house, I heard footsteps in the kitchen. And the footsteps started to make their way over from the kitchen into the room that I was in. And it sounded like they came right up next to the couch that I was lying on. Let me stop it there for one quick second, because I know a lot of people are listening and we're all going, what the hell is that? What is it? Uh, I have no idea. I'm going to play the rest of the call. We're all noticing it. Uh, at that certain time marker there, whatever it is in the show, about 45, 20, something. Um, I've I'm heard gonna, it three times. I'm going to ask her to call. You know, I'm I'm going to restart this call because there was some at the beginning and I stopped the music. Yeah. Because I could hear something in the background when the music was playing and uh, I didn't know what it was, so I stopped the music to really get a clearer picture on this. Uh, let's restart this. And please do call back in and share with us with the answer to that question. What the hell is that? Um, and I hope she just says, it's my phone vibrating or something of that nature. Uh, but I'm not so sure that it is. Okay. Let's restart the call. Hi, Tony and Jenny. My name's Amanda. I'm calling from upstate New York. Um, I've actually tried calling before, but it seemed like every time I called, my call was cut off for some reason. But I just wanted to say that I absolutely love the show, and I just wanted to share one story for now. I've had paranormal experiences pretty much my entire life, and um, it's just been something that I've dealt with. Some of it's been good, some of it's been bad. But I thought I'd share uh, one of the sweeter ones with you, actually. Um, I had been 15 or 16 at the time, and I was laying on the couch. I was the only one home. My brother was out. My mom was out. And I was just laying on the couch, just getting relaxed. Um, 
I had turned the TV off, the lights were off, the dog was laying with me, and the cat was on the chair directly across the room. So I could see her. I knew she wasn't running through the house. And um, about a few minutes after of just laying there in the dark house, I heard footsteps in the kitchen. And the footsteps started to make their way over from the kitchen into the room that I was in. And it sounded like they came right up next to the couch that I was laying on. And that kind of freaked me out in and of itself. And I was like, oh, that's a little odd. And um, <clears throat> I just kind of ignored it. And I was like, it's okay. Maybe I'm just tired. Maybe I'm just hearing things. And I just laid there and I tried to ignore that and go to sleep. And the noise, the footsteps had stopped. So a few minutes later, all of a sudden, I felt this coldness on the top of my head. And uh, one thing I forgot to mention was that my grandpa had passed away recently. And he was extremely close to me, and I love him as a father, pretty much. And um, it was very hard for us when we found out that he had passed. And there had been a bad incident at a funeral between my father, who we don't have anything to do with, and my stepmother. They tried to prevent us from seeing him and paying our respects. So this had been around the time after he had passed. But I had felt this cold sensation on the top of my head. And my grandfather would always love to play with my hair, and he would pat my head. And... um, when I felt this cold, I just kind of got chills all down my back and down my arms. And I'm like, oh, my God, I don't know what is going on. And I just, I turned and I faced the inside of the couch. And I pulled the blanket up pretty much up to my chin. And I was like, okay, I need to go to sleep. I need to go to sleep. And it, the coldness stayed and about 30 seconds after that. I heard, good night, Mandy. And my my grandfather, he was the one that I would run to when I had nightmares about my mother. Um, I would run to my grandpa, and he would read me this one story all the time. And um, hearing the good night, Mandy, and it sounded exactly like him. And after I'd heard that, that little bit of fear that I had went away. I still had the chills because, I mean, your grandpa's gone. You don't expect to hear his voice again. And that's one thing that I will never, ever forget. Because it it meant the world to hear his voice again. I know it was him. I know it was his voice. He had been battling Alzheimer's for a very long time. And the last time that I had seen him, he had confused me with my grandmother who had passed away before I was even born. So to get that recognition of him saying goodnight to me meant the absolute world to me. So um, I just wanted to say again, thank you for this outlet. Um, I will be calling back with more of my stories. Sorry for stammering. I'm just a little nervous. But I love the show, and have a great day. Have a great day. Thanks, guys. Thank you for calling in and sharing your story. You had a really good, touching, nice, warm story. Those like sounds that. at the beginning of the call, though, I don't know what the hell that was. I counted how many I heard. How many? Six. Okay. That was weird. Yeah. Uh, please do call back in once you hear this episode, and 
if you're thoroughly freaked out too. Uh, just tell us what was going on when you were on the call there. Was there a TV on in the other room? Was there another person saying something? Or I think we're all going to be wondering that until we get the call back. Yep, I think so. But it, it sounded like a groaning or a moaning. It wasn't a pleasant sound. And it sounded like it was in the background of her. That's the the interesting thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it it didn't. There's a difference when something is, I think, picked up through a receiver where it sounds like electronically delivered. That sounded like it was physically in her background. Yeah. So I I don't know. Interesting stuff that we uh, that we uh, come across here on the show. Well, and and she also said too she's had trouble getting through to us. Yeah, that was another puzzling portion. Yeah. Was there something preventing it? I, I remember uh, Richard has had some issue getting his calls to connect and to stay on when he's trying to talk with us. Uh, and he's the other person that we've had EVPs show up on his calls from. So Yeah. There you go. Uh, I guess until we uh, get uh, some more insight into that, we can uh, let's just not speculate any further. Because let, let's, let's, let's get her answer. Okay. Before we go further, eight five five eight five three forty eight zero two. Hi, you're on the air. Uh, good morning, uh, Jenny and uh, Tony. This is Joe, the minister and demonologist. Uh, thank you, Jenny, for your warm remarks. And Tony, you just keep up that cool sense of humor you have, buddy. You guys are real people. People know that, and they can relate to that. I think it's time we start being human to others instead of not. To the nurses, I would like to say, yes, I will help you. You're not crazy. Uh, the one nurse who did the blessing in that, uh, kudos to you, you did the right thing. To the nurse that's leaving, uh, yes, if you feel like that environment is hostile to you, you need to leave. But on one note, they could follow you, and I don't want to scare you, but they can. And with your sleep paralysis and the night terrors, you might be a little bit closer to the other side than most people in this world. And they sense that and they know that. But one thing, sweetie, if you can hear this from me, this broadcast and this recording, you're brave and be brave. And know that Christ and God loves you. And with that, they cannot hurt you. And Jenny's right. Uh, put yourself in a white light, but also put yourself in a loving white light from God and Jesus. Envision yourself hugging Jesus and saying, you're my friend. Please help. I know it sounds a little corny, but, you know, stuff like that. Visualization does work. And the young lady who had uh, committed suicide almost and survived, and she's had, got such a good uh, personality and such a humor, and she loves life. Kudos to you. I'm glad you survived. You were going through a transition at that time into womanhood. Sometimes the dark entities pick up on that and they latch on to somebody like you. But you know what you did? You proved that you were stronger and that you are a loving and that you're superior over the demonic realm, which you are. Um, also, I think this is my personal opinion. I think the reason why uh, demonic entities want to do a suicide to most people, most people have that is because it's a rejection of God's gift. So if you kill yourself when it's too soon, you're, reject, you're rejecting God's gift. And that's just a, you know, that's just a personal theory for me. Uh, you can take it uh, as you will. Um, 
with the Ouija board, with the young lady that was uh, dealing with it, there's, thing, there's a thing called spiritual entrapment, which brings people into a situation and baits them. Um, the death of her friend, which she probably had a great connection with, the entities use that, and they prey on that. And it, an acceptance of her bringing that spirit every time she uh, brought in a dangerous situation. They will lie to you. If I can say anything that makes any sense to anybody out there, to the true believers, they lie to you. Also, it could have been another possibility. It could have been your subconscious trying to bring that problem up to surfacing and you're dealing with it. So you resolved it and moved on. You know, we'll move on, which you did. And the therapist was wonderful. Yes, Jenny's right. He did, he did the right thing uh, for you, um, most assuredly. So anyways, kudos to you, and I'm glad that you're victorious and you survived. And, and everybody else who calls in on these stories, for me, there's nothing wrong with you. If you are sincere and true to yourself and true to the story, there is nothing wrong with you. Please believe that. And that's what Tony and Jenny are trying to do. They're trying to explain to the people out there, it's time we talk about it. It's time we bring it out of the closet. It's time... It's time for us to be human beings. Um, so anyways, dealing with any type of Ouija board is, is dangerous. Please do not use the board. Please do not use it. It is a bad tool to use. And uh, I think in the old days, you used to call it the witch's board, communication with the dead. Uh, the witches uh, back in the old times uh, did that. Anyways, um, it's time for me to go, and I'd like to say to everybody, uh, God bless, and have a good day. And just remember, as I reiterate this most every time that I talk uh, on these recordings, is that you guys out there, you're special. You're worthwhile. You're a good person. Believe in yourself. You know what? Others believe in you. So it's time to believe in yourself. Hey, guys, everybody have a wonderful day. Uh, also, Tony and Jenny, I subscribe. Uh, the EPP for $5 a month. Uh, as I progress in my finances, I'll go higher. But anyways, I'm pretty sure I broke it. And one more thing. Um, yes, the people can contact me in email. I will, Tony, I'll send you an email that will, you can put on your website, I give you permission, that uh, these people can contact me and I will try to help them either talk to them or resolve the issue they have uh, with the uh, demonic realm or the paranormal realm. I will try to answer them best of my ability. And if I don't have an answer for it, I will find one for them. Anyways, everybody out there, God bless. Have a good day, and I will talk to you soon. Bye-bye. All right, Joe, thank you for calling in and uh, sharing your insight into that. And I do have some, uh, I have a couple emails from Joe, so I want to make sure uh, but what we post is, is the information he wants up there. So I'm going to email him and ask him uh, the contact info that he shared is, is what he wants, and we'll get that uh, uh, posted up there uh, if you are interested in that. Um, let's go to another one of those callers. We were talking earlier uh, in the show about uh, some of the uh, people who have uh, wanted to call and weigh in. Uh, on the psychological aspect yes. of, uh, of experiencing something paranormal and talking to a psychologist about it, how is that handled when it is something legitimate? Sure. When it's not, when, it, when medical things are ruled out, how okay. is that? And we got a couple calls on that, so let's get to that and uh, we'll go a little bit over, but I don't think anyone will, uh, will object. 
Uh, here is one of those stories. Hi, Tony and Jenny. Um, this is Angela. I was calling because you guys wanted um, a counselor to come uh, call and uh, weigh in on um, what you would do if you had a patient that you could you could rule out that any mental illness that would produce hallucinations or anything like that. And you thought that they were actually um, telling the truth that they did really feel that they were having spirits in their home. Um, I just graduated with my master's in mental health counseling, so I'm not a seasoned um, counselor, but um, I do have some experience with people with severe mental illness that I did in my internship. So I kind of know what to look for um, for people that actually are having hallucinations. I was around a lot of people that did, and um, I could kind of tell, you know, what's going on. Um, so I never had a patient that specifically told me um, that they were seeing ghosts or anything like that. Um, I can tell you that I would just, you know, listen to them. That's basically a counselor's job is to listen and um, not judge them. Um, I actually had told my own counselor um, that I had seen a ghost. Um, well, I'd seen, I saw my grandfather um, after he died. Um, and he didn't pass judgment on me, you know, I kind of just said, I don't know if you believe in this, but, you know, I, I saw him and, and it was, it was nice. I wasn't scared. Um, but he, he just didn't, you know, he didn't pass any judgment on me. He just sat there and listened to what I had to say. Um, I would say if the person, you know, if I was really scared or um, if the person was really scared, I would probably, you know, just try to, um, you know, just try to listen and, you know, if they really did need help, um, I could help them, you know, get, maybe get some resources online, um, maybe point them towards your show, um, you know, so they can you know, kind of support group, group therapy for the paranormally affected. So, um, yeah, I would, I would probably, those are the things I'd probably do. Sorry, I'm, I'm kind of nervous. Um, and sorry about my voice and getting over a cold. Um, yeah, but that's what I would do. Um, and Jenny, I know that you're getting your degree in psychology and, um, I don't know if you plan on going on for your master's or a PhD or anything, um, to become a counselor, but, um, I can say that it's, it's, a, it's really rewarding, um, and I think you'd be really good at it, um, for what I, from what I can tell, you seem like a, uh, um, just a very empathetic, caring person, and that's what you need to be to be a counselor. Um, so, yeah, thank you guys and uh, for the show, um, and I hope you have a great day. Thanks. Thanks for the insight. That is, that is such a compliment for somebody that's you know gone through all the education that she has. Mm-hmm. To say, you know, that she might potentially, you know, gear them towards us to have a sounding board. Sure. I just think that's great. I agree. I, that is a very big compliment. Thank you very much for yes. that. And that's, that's, that's kind of, you know, it, it's what this show has grown into and kind of is, I mean, it is our goal. It's not kind of our goal. It is our goal. It's just, a, it's a community for folks who have these stories and these experiences and we talk about them and everyone can share their story and weigh in and... 
It's like our yeah. third baby. It's your paranormal <laughs> and my my psychology got together, and this is what happened. It's created this monster called a show. Um, that's really kind of true. We have one other call on this topic, so I want to get to that before we wrap up the show. Hi, uh, Real Ghost Stories Online, 855-853-4802 is the number. Yeah. Hey, guys. Um, I just wanted to uh, call in um, in reference to uh, your... Um, asking about uh, counselors or therapists or um, anybody in the mental health field working with people with the paranormal. Um, I have, um, I have, I've had cases before. I'm a licensed uh, counselor. Um, I've had a couple of cases before, and I have colleagues who have had cases before where um, that have involved people with demonic possession. Um, and uh, it's kind of a, um, it's something that I would highly encourage um, people, anybody who um, is questioning any of these things to at least, you know, maybe see somebody and talk about it. Um, I'm one who, you know, I, you know, I'm a little bit skeptical, but at the same time, I'm kind of open to the idea of, um, you know, demons and spirits and everything like that. Um, and uh, I'm also a, a Christian. And so, um, I kind of take everything from that perspective. Um, but at the same time, I think it's a good idea for people to, um, to visit with a counselor or a psychologist or a therapist or something. Um, our job first and foremost is to rule out, um, whether or not that there is any psychological, um, psychosis or, um, any other, um, personal issues uh, dealing with. Um, so we kind of play devil's advocate at first, um, but at the same time, um, you know, we're open and willing to hear people out. Um, in my line of work, um, we're not supposed to, we're not the advice givers. We're there for people to um, hear people's stories, hear people out, um, and um, be supportive for them and help them people to come to their own conclusions and um, not necessarily, you know, give out advice. Um, but um, I don't know. I've, you know, with the cases that I've, you know, had, had clients um, feel like they had um, demonic possession, you know, I, I kind of ruled it out, you know, tried to do my best to rule it out. And there was, there was one case where I... Um, you know, I couldn't necessarily rule it out. I mean, I, I think when I was in class, uh, when I was in school, um, and we talked about, um, the, you know, uh, schizophrenia and delusions and, um, uh, all these things. And, you know, we even, you know, consider the option of demon possession, you know, how do you rule it out? And, um, to me, that's one of the most difficult things, um, to me, it's, uh, that's something that I, I feel like sometimes we just can't totally disprove, um, you know, possession or um, people being plagued with, you know, spirits in the home and everything. But it is something that we have to um, rule out um, delusions or, um, you know, any kind of psychosis that, you know, maybe, you know, causing people um, harm mentally, spiritually, anything like that. So. Um, I don't know if I, I don't know if I answered your question. I don't know if I gave you the answers you're looking for. Um, I'm, uh, but, uh, but anyways, um, you know, I can, um, you know, if there's anything that, um, I can, I can do, um, I don't know how qualified I am. And, uh, you know, as far as, uh, you know, talking with people about, you know, demonic possession or, uh, you know, spiritual 
you know, you know, dealing with spirits or ghosts and everything. But, you know, but I would, I would at least, you know, I would encourage people with nothing else to, you know, maybe, maybe seek out um, people who will listen. Um, and, and again, you know, I agree with Jenny, like if you do find um, a good therapist, somebody that's going to hear somebody out, um, you know, no matter what the problem, um, you know, not, you know, being non-judgmental, um, you know, again, if you, I would probably say anybody who goes and, you know, sees somebody with, you know, the doctorates and PhDs and, you know, really well-versed people that, you know, go with a very scientific mind and approach, um, those people might be, you know, I, I don't want to speak for them, um, but, um, you know, um, you know, I would feel like maybe some of them might be a little bit more skeptical and may not, you know, test those things. And, you know, I would not say, you know, people don't go, um, see them, but, um, but I would say, you know, you know, just try it out. Try, you know, try maybe seeing a, a therapist and, you know, just having somebody at least hear you out. Um, if, you know, if you're dealing with any kind of problem, you know, uh, it's always good to, you know, have somebody that you can talk to no matter what the kind of problem. And uh, we're there to help. Um, and um, I just don't want anybody to be discouraged by, you know, stories where, um, you know, people, are, you know, people have a therapist or, or counselor or, um uh, psychologists, psychiatrists, you know, uh, whatever, whoever you see, um, you know, don't want people to feel judged. So anyways, again, don't know if this is any help to anybody, but, um, but, um, if y'all like for me to ever call back in and, um, give y'all any more info, I'll do the best I can do. And, uh, anyways, love the show and, um, thanks. Bye. You know what? I appreciate the call and I, I agree with what he had to say I think you know that you know they're not going to commit you if you go and say I see dead people sure you know you need to 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 tell somebody that um what I keep thinking of you know is there are people that suffer mental illness but they probably see ghosts too they probably have that too yeah, I mean, not in all cases. You're not no. saying everyone who has a mental illness is seeing dead people. No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that they might be qualified as having a mental illness, but they might still have things going sure. on because we know people with mental illness yeah. can be plagued by that. It's just a double whammy. You get you get it your is. mind projecting things, and then you get the bonus of real ghosts. It is. I mean, there's somebody that I'm close to who has mental health mm-hmm. issues who has hallucinations and I've wondered at times are they hallucinations or are they yeah. family members that have gone on because that's who he sees yeah so I don't yeah. know and it, it, that's a hard one that's a very hard one yeah and, and then when you're in that case how do you judge that I mean how do you say what it is I mean and, and does ju- I mean coming to a conclusion of, of if it is something uh, in addition to a mental illness, if there actually is ghosts being seen, does it matter? <laughs> you know, I mean, from the for the person's well-being standpoint, or can it just be all kind of handled the same way of, you know, just being able to talk about it? I think you as know? long as you can talk about yeah. it and work on it, you know, and yeah. if there is an underlying medical condition that being addressed, sure. of course, that would help. Yeah. That might help the paranormal side of things, too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, it, it could, you're, you're exactly right. So I, you know, I never think therapy is a bad option ever. No, no. 
Uh, very interesting insight from two folks on that topic. Thank you guys for calling in so much. You really do appreciate it. And yes, you did help out. So uh, don't feel like you did it with that call uh, and the, uh, the opinions that you expressed. I'd love to hear more about that case, but he probably can't talk about it, uh, of where he thought it might be something more. Yeah, uh, he probably I'm can't probably talk about it. not something he can speak about, but uh, I would love to hear more, <laughs> but we can't talk about it probably. So. Uh, but do feel free to weigh in, um, you know, with your aspect or your uh, your uh, your viewpoint in the future on uh, on future topics. We'd love to, uh, to get that here on the show. 855-853-4802 is the phone number to call in with your Real Ghost Story. Write into us on our website as well, Real Ghost Stories Online. And please do become an EPP. We got uh, so many, uh, so many folks who have decided to help support the show. And we thank you so much for that. Join them. It's only five bucks a month. You're uh, helping us allow uh, you're helping allow us to give us the show to you for free uh, seven days a week. And as a thank you, we uh, we give you a bonus episode every single week, an eighth episode. It's like 52 extra episodes a year that only you guys will get, uh, along with a whole bunch of extras uh, as well, video stuff, other really cool stuff. Just as a thank you, because you're really the backbone uh, of the community and allowing us to uh, to do the show for you every single day. So check it out, Real Ghost Stories Online. Click Become an EPP. For Jenny Bruschi, I am Tony Bruschi. Thanks for listening to another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. <laughs>